Hail and well-met, friends. Welcome to the GM's Notebook, a show to spark your imagination so you can run amazing games. My name is Jen, your friendly neighborhood GM and purveyor of tasty pretzels. Today, I want to talk about the session I ran for my family and my experience running for kids. I've only done it a few times, so I'm no expert, but I have a few tips to share. When I talked to my mom about the idea of running for my nine-year-old niece, she thought it was a great idea, except there should be no fighting. I'm most familiar with D&D, so that's the rule system I wanted to use. Great news, the majority of the rules and mechanics for D&D involve how best to kill stuff. But mom was right, a lot of violence would not be a good choice. But there still needed to be some conflict, otherwise there wouldn't really be a quest and it would be boring. As an ADD person myself, I know that our play session could not rival the Lord of the Rings Extended Edition for runtime, you gotta get to the fun part right away, save the day, and end on a high note before everybody gets bored. There was also a technology hurdle. This was back in 2020, so we couldn't meet in person, so we did everything via Zoom. Okay, so, set up a family D&D game. For people who have never played before, there shouldn't be any fighting, keep it short and sweet, and figure out how to do it all over a video call. Cool, cool, cool. Jen, you're not complaining, are you? No, no, I just wanted you to know that it was difficult. Spoilers, everything went really well. So here's what I did. At the time, my niece's favorite game was Candyland. She loved sweets. The art on the board was pretty cool, but most of all, she loved saying silly things in silly voices with her aunties. D&D is a great excuse to say silly things in silly voices, so I thought she would really enjoy it. To sidestep the violence, I created custom character sheets with silly abilities like fruitcake that you could throw or share, fireworks, potions of invisibility, and songs of sleepiness. For inspiration, I got out the player's handbook and paged through the spell list, noting things that would fit the theme or provide utility. Next, I needed a story hook, a problem the group could solve. I did a fair amount of internet searching and didn't really find anything I liked. Lots of advice for running for kids said, just let them do whatever they want. Let them create their own fun. True, kids are great at make-believe, and this isn't bad advice. But I know our group had never played D&D before. They had never played a role-playing game like this ever before. So I wanted to give them a clear path and a clear objective. The best idea among the internet results involved a wizard being turned into an animal of some kind. The rest of that adventure had a heavy dose of combat, so I just plucked out the part about the wizard and made my own story out of that. We know that my niece loves Candyland, so I use that as inspiration. I have a PhD in silly nonsense, so it's time to put that degree to work. The PCs arrive in a small town of Zukoro, a place obsessed with sweets of all kinds. The townsfolk are hard at work preparing for Princess Fiona Flobberbottom's birthday. They find a goat in their path, discover the goat is really a wizard who was turned into a goat when his apprentice stole his wand. This interaction allowed for lots of opportunities to add bat and goat to the conversation, which was very fun. Winston the goat wizard asks the PCs to travel to his wizard tower, retrieve his wand so he can turn himself back into a person. Before Winston can give them more specific instructions, he's whisked away by the local goat herder. 
the players have the chance to talk to some of the townspeople for more information about how to find the wizard's tower. As this is a town all about sweets, the available NPCs are a chocolatier, a busy baker, and a gossipy soda shop owner. I replaced the typical tavern with a soda shop. That felt more whimsical and age-appropriate. After getting some directions, the PCs are on their way. They travel across the gummy hills, which are like normal hills in every way, except they are sticky and bouncy like gummy candy. Three bright pink gummy grizzly bears wander over the nearest hill, and after reducing the friendship points of each bear to zero, the gumminess melts away to reveal three people from town. This way, instead of the encounter being about murder, it was about helping people who were transformed into candy. Next, the party encounter Bob the Boatman, who can't stop dancing. At this point, over our Zoom call, I shared my screen and I showed the image of the possessed villager card from Hearthstone. It went very well. After the party find and destroy the source of the Dance Till You Drop spell, Bob is so grateful he lets them borrow one of his boats for free. Across the Licorice Lagoon, the party navigate a waterfall and find their way into the Wizard's Tower to confront Winston's apprentice, Salty Sally Hampton. The PCs discover Sally was turning folks into sweet treats as revenge for being bullied in school for not liking candy. After resolving the problem, we montage our way back to town, and we get our reward from the mayor of Zucoro. Short and sweet. I also had a chance to run for our friends and their seven-year-old son. Our story there started with a grand feast in a castle. There were all kinds of foods to eat, and dances to try, and people to talk to with a huge helping of silly nonsense. Suddenly, mysterious figures appear and steal the MacGuffin, and our brave heroes leapt into action. They followed a couple clues and journeyed through a forest, and the final showdown took place in a small cave. Our seven-year-old player says, I turn into a red dragon and I fly into the air. I look down at his character sheet, which says, Level three fighter with a short sword. Hmm. So I said, that sounds amazing. Tell me what happens next. Well, I fly up in the air behind them and I burn the bad guys with my fire breath. Describing the sounds the bad guys would make as they burned alive seemed a little too graphic for our young hero. As luck would have it, the bad guys are scared of dragons, so they just ran away. On his next turn, our hero rolled a nat 20 to open the treasure chest he found in the cave. When I told him the MacGuffin was inside, he was so excited, he jumped out of his chair and he ran around the table. I'm not gonna lie, that was one of the most satisfying gaming moments of my life, and he had a blast. In both cases, I had to put a little work in ahead of time. Since we were playing over Zoom and no one had ever played before, I needed to make sure everyone had the bare necessities to get started. Also, getting things in the mail is always fun. I mailed a box of adventure to my sister in advance. The box had instructions, pre-made character sheets, a set of dice for everyone, and a big bag of M&Ms. When the mayor bestowed a reward upon the PCs, my sister brought out the candy in a little box for my niece, a real-world treat for an imaginary adventure. I'm sure my Ant of the Year trophy is just stuck in me. I also prepped notes in a different way for the kids' sessions. I created scenes for each encounter, be it social interaction or puzzle or confrontation. Within each scene, they were free to do as they wished. They could talk to NPCs, they could investigate their surroundings, once they completed the objective for that scene, like agree to help Winston or get directions to the tower and so on, then we move to the next scene. Wait, you mean you railroaded them? 
no, of course not. Well, actually, yes, yes, I did. As I've mentioned, all the players were new, so I wanted to give them a roadmap to follow. The goal was not to take away their agency, but to keep things moving. Presenting a linear story like they're accustomed to from books and movies will keep things moving. I've also run games with adults using this linear scene style of notes. It made prep easier since I was making a lot of decisions in advance. The players enjoyed the sessions, but it did feel a lot like checking boxes off a list rather than creating a story together. These days, my notes are very different. Instead of prepping a linear list of objectives, I have started creating circles of things around the PCs, starting with their immediate surroundings and working my way out. There are NPCs in this tavern. There's some notable shops in town. Here's some basic facts about the town. A mini gazetteer, if you will. This style of prep involves several 3x5 index cards that I can tape to the inside of my GM screen, and the goal is to create and hold in my mind a sense of the immediate area around the PCs. That makes my job easier if the PCs make an unexpected choice. The town of Zucro is a great example. Everyone is preparing for a special event. The NPCs might be grumpy from overwork, they might be giddy with excitement, or they might be too busy to talk. Knowing the town is in party mode makes it easier for me to improvise. Keeping in mind that there are as many ways to prepare for a game as there are game masters, I'm not saying this is the best way, it's just my way. For now. I think the hardest part was coming up with custom rules and character sheets that were whimsical and age-appropriate. If I was going to run a game for Wii Sprouts again, I'd spend time researching different game systems that would be a better fit instead of creating something from scratch. So what did we learn? Embrace the silly nonsense. Goofy names, things that rhyme, and alliteration are all your friends. Be brave. Create your own adventure. Keep it simple and add elements of their favorite board game, TV show, movie, character, something that will make it feel custom for them. Reward player creativity and investment by letting cool stuff happen. Spend time finding the right system. A little work ahead of time will go a long way. Keep it short and sweet. Get right to the fun part and end on a high note. Speaking of ending on a high note, that will do it for today's show. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope you heard something to make your next game amazing. The best way to support the show is to follow over on Instagram at the GM's Notebook. If you end up running some games for kids, please let me know. Send your emails to thegmsnotebook at gmail.com. I also have an encounter up on DM's Guild. Just search for Jennifer A. Rosewood. That's me. I'm working on an adventure now, and that will go up on the DM's Guild whenever it is ready, which we should be soon. Until next time, I bid you a fond farewell. <laughs>